The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC the Soccer Talk Discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and it is my honor and privilege to congratulate Los Angeles FC on winning the MLS Cup for the very, very first time. You know, I'm pretty sure I've told the story, but of course, I got to tell everybody, and and I'm going to fully confess to the fact that I rarely, and I do mean rarely, even talk about Major League Soccer right here on my podcast. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I don't have a problem with MLS. Now, I will admit that I feel like the MLS is definitely not on the level of, of the Premier League and whatever in Europe, but honestly, I have no problem with the MLS, and if anything... I have grown more and more and more fond of the MLS in the last couple of years because the MLS has greatly expanded. Its popularity is growing and growing and growing. Ticket sales, merch, everything. Like, there's just been such an increase to where I basically am at a point where not only do I simply insist, but rather I strongly, strongly, strongly stress that the MLS is truly at a point where it is time to take it very, very seriously. All right. Now, my whole story with LAFC is quite well documented, and I'll get to that in a second. Now, I am a native of Dallas-Fort Worth, so obviously I love, I adore FC Dallas, and I've been to a game with my good friend, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. I went to a game with him a couple of months ago, okay? It was fun, but the whole thing with LAFC, that was another experience also with another very, very good friend and a mentor, a strong supporter of this show. I mean, without him, this show never would have even started. That would be my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, because as many of you know, back in 2019, when I was on a trip to California, specifically Los Angeles, Steve and I actually went to an LAFC game. And I absolutely had such a fantastic time that my life was changed. Because at that point, I had rarely, rarely, rarely even batted an eye or even uttered a word about Major League Soccer. And when I finally went to a game, I finally got what I strongly, strongly, desperately needed. I needed the experience. I needed to see for myself. I needed to learn the only way I can learn about the environment and the excitement and the concept of Major League Soccer, and I got it. 
I got it when I was in Los Angeles back in 2019, spending time with my good friend and my, and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. And Steve blessed me with this opportunity. I cannot thank him enough. God knows how many times I've reminded him about this and how many times I've said thank you. Steve, since I know that you're listening, thank you so much for that for taking me to that LAFC game back in 2019. God willing, we're going to do this again sometime soon, my friend. So basically, from this story, LAFC has a very, very strong impact on me. A positive impact, rather. Now again, I've insisted to everybody, LAFC and FC Dallas, they're both my teams, and I love them both. FC Dallas is obviously my hometown team, but LAFC has made a strong impact on me, again, from the game that I went to. So really, I just love them both, okay? And when LAFC was so good in 2019, and when they crashed out in the playoffs, I mean, that really kind of got to me. But I said to myself this, one way or the other, and I said this with strong, deep conviction, one way or the other, LAFC is going to win the MLS Cup, and it's going to be within a short year span. It's going to be within a few years, basically. And mind you, I said this to Galaxy fans. Supporters of the LA Galaxy, who of course have won you know, the most titles, from what I understand, and of course, you know, saying them that you know the fact that I'm a fan of the club, you know, that's still new, that hasn't won a title yet. Of course, you know, I was the subject to ridicule, and they would laugh at me. So, so LAFC finally did it, and I'm happy. Okay, now unfortunately, I did not actually watch the game because I was actually at an independent professional wrestling event hosted by another good friend. Mr. Kyle Hessler, who's the owner and promoter of Pele Pro Wrestling. Um, I definitely, a promotion definitely worth checking out. So I was actually at the show. I actually helped, helped around, you know, the ringside, you know, before the show. Helped clear out everything after the show. So I was so blessed to be entrusted with tasks of helping out the crew and everything. So I'm so grateful. But I did go back and watch the highlights, you know, and study the highlights, you know, inch by inch. The whole thing went with Gareth Bale and everything. Man. So basically, while I unfortunately did not watch the game, the highlights basically gave me everything I needed to know, and here I am. Oh, and that game, I mean, the, the fact that, you know what's interesting, is that on November 5th, the Philadelphia Union, they lose the MLS Cup Finals, and the Philadelphia Phillies lose in the World Series. <laughs> a very, kind of a bit of a bad night for Philadelphia, so, well... I guess the city of Philadelphia still has the Philadelphia Eagles to be excited about because the Eagles have yet to lose a game, and the Eagles at this point are probably strongly, heavily favored to win the Super Bowl again, as much as it pains me to say because because I am a Cowboys fan. But, hey, the Eagles are good. You know, we got to give them their due. You can argue about who the Eagles beaten, but the bottom line is the Eagles are 8-0. And they have supposedly what it takes to win the Super Bowl, but that's another story for another time. Quite frankly, that's another story for another show. Anyway. So seeing how LAFC, you know, got the, as far as I know, that you know, they were the first seed in the West, okay, so that means that basically they had a bye in the first round, and they were going to play the winner of the game between the LA Galaxy and Nashville SC. Uh, Galaxy was the fourth seed, while Nashville was, was fifth, and seeing how LA, the LA Galaxy won, I'm like, well, here we go, Battle of Los Angeles, and the winner goes to the conference finals, so I kind of said to myself this, well... The way it's depicted, it just has to be this way. The only way to see which LA team is probably better at this point is, is to see who can prosper in the playoffs, and that turned out to be Los Angeles FC. 
Now, looking at the playoffs, you know, seeing that FC Dallas beat, you know, Minnesota United in a, in a penalty shootout. Now, I'll be honest, um, I'm sure, you know, my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, who's a native Minnesotan, you know, and of course, uh, a, a very young and talented writer by the name of Carson Babini, who I formerly worked with when I was with Primetime Sports Talk, you know, and I still and I I, I still you know, talk, you know still work with him uh, occasionally. He's been on my pro wrestling podcast a couple of times, and I really need to get him on my soccer show as well. I really need to get him here on Internet FC. So Carson, if you happen to be listening, dude, the door's open, and you know we're gonna make it happen, buddy. You're gonna be on this show. It's gonna happen. So FC Dallas versus Minnesota United, that was basically kind of me versus Carson in a sense. But, but you know, at, at the same time, I was like, well, FC Dallas kind of needed this. So I'm glad that FC Dallas could make a bit of a run in the playoffs. And it turned out that Dallas, FC Dallas was going to take on Austin FC for, for a little uh, Texas Derby in, in, the, in the conference semifinals. Unfortunately, FC Dallas came up short, which really did actually kind of hurt me because... I really, really wanted to see FC Dallas versus LAFC, and the winner of that match goes to the Cup final. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I think basically it's kind of, you know, basically solidified at this point, justifiably solidified rather, that FC Dallas and Austin FC, a rivalry's probably already started, but, but a rivalry is heating up. I mean, this could be the beginning of a historic, long time rivalry, like maybe like Texas and Texas AM, you know, rather. So. So it's good to see. I mean, there's already Dallas and Houston, but but I think FC Dallas and Austin FC that actually adds a nice ring to it. So, so I mean, Austin FC. I mean, you know, they won. You know, but you know how they won in the conference finals tells a different story. But but yeah, I was pretty bummed that FC Dallas you know came up short because again, I really, really, really wanted to see LAFC versus FC Dallas, and the winner of that match advances to the final to compete for the MLS Cup. But LAFC, you know, I was already worried, you know, because, you know, the LA Galaxy always has a habit of giving the LAFC a hard time. But when LAFC won the way they did, I mean, I was like, you know, this is, this is really cool because I was really convinced at that point LAFC truly has what it takes to win the title. They truly do have, it, have what it takes to win it all. Because let's not forget, LAFC scored the game-winning goal. Christian Arango scored the game-winning goal in the third minute of stoppage time. That is absolute courage. That is absolute resiliency. LAFC kept it kept it together and it worked out for them, okay? The fact that LAFC had a 2-1 lead, okay? So it was 1-1 with about 10 minutes left, okay? And LAFC makes it 2-1 with about 10 minutes left to play, but 5 minutes later the Galaxy equalize again. Now I'm kind of thinking, well, this is definitely going to go to extra time. And if this, this goes into a penalty shootout, even though LAFC, you know, this was uh, on their turf. This was actually, this, yeah, this was an LAFC. This was a Bank of California Stadium, which, by the way, is an absolute beautiful stadium right by the University of Southern California. And I said to myself this, if LAFC, if this goes into a penalty shootout, sometimes, you know, part of me says that the Galaxy might have the edge, but, you know, I think when it comes to this psychology, I mean, for me, in my case, this whole thing with penalty shootouts, I do not like penalty shootouts because my particular teams never really have good luck in a penalty shootout. I'm talking about the French national team. I'm talking about Team USA. Yada, yada, yada. Penalty shootouts are just not... I, I don't like them. 
they, they, they cause me stress, they make me, <laughs> they drive me absolutely crazy, but thankfully, it didn't even go to extra time, so I was grateful, and that's what I was truly convinced, that LAFC had, in fact, what it takes to win the title, okay? Now, the fact that, you know, Giorgio Chiellini, who I'm finally, you know, glad I'm finally saying it correctly, because I know I've been saying it wrong, and I hope I'm saying it correctly, because butchering somebody's name really upsets me, because, you know... I, I strive to pronounce the name correctly because, you know, it, it's about that respect. But but anyway, so with Giorgio Chiellini and Gareth Bale being part of the club, you know, everybody was convinced that that's all, that's all it took. But, you know, again, you know, you, you bring in these European veteran players. I mean, especially Giorgio Chiellini, who's been around for so long. I mean, Giorgio Chiellini can't single-handedly lead the club to, you know, to a title win. I mean, his presence, you know, as far as, you know, mentoring, teaching, leadership, yeah, that, that definitely has taken into strong effect. And I'm sure that... You know, the leadership and the mentoring of Giorgio Chiellini along with Bale, I'm sure that has definitely impacted the club in such a positive way. So Giorgio and Gareth Bale do, both deserve, you know, a tremendous amount of credit because it wasn't just on the it wasn't just on the pitch that they made the impact, but again he was doing training as well, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, you know, after in the conference finals, after easily defeating Austin F three three to zero, you know, that that's what I said to myself, you see? LFC has what it takes to win, okay? Now, I mean, but now considering the fact that Austin FC only had one shot on target in the conference finals, but LAFC had, had 10, you know, LAFC still had some issues. You know, that was the, the ability to finish. But if they were still scoring goals early, like in the 29th minute, taking the lead and then like that, and kind of being, you know, heavy, uh, solid, solid on defense, I said, well, LAFC's, the resiliency is really telling a big part of the story. So LA's defensive resiliency and mentality is definitely doing them some favors, but but LAFC needs to build a comfortable lead early on, and they got to kind of build on that and protect it at all costs. So basically, a one nothing lead after thirty minutes is nothing is not, is anything but safe because anything could happen. I mean, not only could have Austin FC equalized, I mean they could have they could have added more to it, but but LAFC just you know they made sure that it didn't happen. So, but you know, also speaking on the uh, on the e- on the Eastern uh, bracket, you know, seeing you know New York City FC, New York City FC, you know, they were the defending champions, and and they lost in the conference finals to the Philadelphia Union. So, so you know, I was actually really thinking, you know, imagine if we have New York City FC versus Los Angeles FC, you know. New York versus Los, like New York City versus Los Angeles. I mean, that's pretty cool. LAFC versus New York City FC, kind of a story right there. Especially since New York City are the defending champions. And imagine if LAFC wins the title by dethroning the defending champions in the in the Cup final. I mean, that just that that tells that tells the story in such a solidified way. I mean, it, it makes the story, you know, at least ten times more interesting. But. But the Philadelphia Union, you know, d- decided, nope, we're going to eliminate the champions. We're going to fight for the title. And they did. <sighs> so, but, uh, so before I uh, kind of go into the final, you know, LAFC, you know, really such a, a great season, you know, so far. You know, they won their second supporter shield, you know, like that. And, and for the fact that they were able to, they were hosting the final at Bank of California Stadium. I mean, that in itself is something huge. Now in the U.S. Cup, the U.S. Open Cup, that didn't that actually didn't end up going too well, considering that the Galaxy eliminated LAFC in the round of 16 in Carson, California. 
So, so LAFC, you know, was kind of held bent on, you know, saying like, we have a loaded team. We're good. We need to win the title. Like we got to win it now. So, so with MLS in the standings, you know, finishing on top of the Western Conference, you know, basically having a, a bit of a landslide lead over Austin FC, who finished second. You know, as I'm looking at the top five, it was LA, LAFC, Austin FC, FC Dallas, the LA Galaxy, and Nashville. Okay? So and that, that's in the Western Conference. Now, overall, according to this, yeah, Los Angeles FC was actually, you know, basically because they, they finished you know, on top, I think, overall position, they qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League along with the Philadelphia Union and Austin FC. So, so LAFC, you know, really, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I forgot in 2019, you know, how, how they finished in 2019 in, in, the regular, in the regular conference. I'm actually uh, looking that up quickly. But, you know, that 2019 season was, you know, definitely something, you know, that I'll, I'll never forget. You know, Carlos Vila, you know, finishing as the league's top scorer with 34 goals total. So... Looking at the results, uh, you know, for, for like that, you know, the, the top score again, you know, Vila, you know, I mean, Carlos Vila scoring, you know, I always never forget when scored a penalty and I have it on film, you know, I have it on YouTube. I mean, that was something huge. So the Western Conference, yeah, LAFC was basically 21 and 4 and 9. Okay, so according to this, it's the same, that's the same record as, as 2019 with 72 points, except uh, LAFC. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Hold on. I think I'm, I think I might have gotten it wrong. Hold on. So LA, LAFC in 2019 with 21 wins, four losses, and nine ties. But this time, no, with 21 wins, nine losses, and four ties. Okay, so it was okay. <laughs> so the losses and the, and the ties this time, it's it's actually the other way around. Okay. Unless I yeah, LAFC only lost four times in 2019. Okay. So okay, yeah. So it was a little bit similar, but you know, a, a little, some differences like that, but. But LAFC this time, you know, managed to really put up that fight big time. And uh, and right now, honestly, as far as it, uh, this goes, LAFC is not only qualified for the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League, but they're basically, you know, the conference semifinals as well. So, yeah, basically because that means they, they got the, the first round bye. So, yeah. So LAFC, you know, really you know, finishing on top and making the most of it is, you know, Definitely can't be ignored at all. So, so bring, bring up to that final, and that, and that final again. You know, uh, watching all these, even these extended highlights, I, I tell you, it's. I mean, e even Steve, Steve, who's so who's absolutely overjoyed. You know, I mean, based on what he said ab about this game, I mean, it just shows. It, it just goes to show, you know, how much of a great impact the game made. I mean. Even you know, telling him, you know, that, that unfortunately I, I didn't actually uh, watch the game. So, but I'm but I'm telling you, the highlights were just you know one thing, and I mean, I mean this game was just you know an absolute thriller, especially if you're if you're LAFC because, you know, considering like in the final how it, it ended in regulation and in extra time with a three to three draw, you know, LAFC scored within 28 minutes and had the lead for a long time until. With about 30 minutes left to play, Philadelphia finally equalized, and then here we are with less than 10 minutes left, with about seven with about seven minutes left before the stoppage time. Jesus Murillo for LAFC makes it two to one, and then two minutes later, or maybe less, you know, Jack Elliott, you know, equalizes for Philadelphia. 
and, I, and I'm telling you, you, you have to absolutely praise Philadelphia's resiliency and not giving up. But, you know, as we get further along, we, if we're going to praise Philadelphia for being so resilient, I mean, we got to praise LAFC just the exact same way. And LAFC was like that during the playoffs, especially in that game against the LA Galaxy. So it's 2-2, two to two, and then they go into, into stoppage time. Okay? After 120 minutes, the fact that there, I think there was like about 10 minutes of stoppage time total, in the fourth minute of stoppage time, Jack Elliott gave Philadelphia the lead, and I thought that was it. I had my head in my hands. Oh, this was good. This was going to be tough. LAFC was going to come up short, but it was not over. You know, and I should mention that in the 116th minute, LAFC was actually down one man because the goalkeeper, Maxime Crepeau, oh, I mean, he suffered a gruesome injury, and he actually underwent surgery today on a... He actually, I think it was confirmed that he had suffered a broken leg. And because, you know, obviously, uh, if he suffered a broken leg, he's definitely not going to be... Uh, he's not definitely not going to be, uh, be going to Qatar with, with Team Canada for the World Cup. Yeah, it was actually confirmed uh, today... Uh, that uh, he had a wet successful surgery that he broke his leg in the in the uh, in the MLS, you know, especially in that foul. I mean, he he kind of gave away a, a bit of a penalty, and uh, well, at least at least I, I think he he did. Hold on, well, none none of them was by penalty, so he did give away a foul. But Philadelphia was uh, I don't think awarded a, a penalty because I don't remember seeing anything like that, but. but you know, as I'm kind of looking at it right there, yeah, Crepe, yeah, Crepeau, okay, yeah. It was definitely a foul, but I mean, Crepeau, really dangerous, and you know, and he he paid the ultimate price. I mean, not only was he sent off, but he was he was carted off. He, he had a broken leg and yeah, a fracture a fractured right leg, and he had surgery on it. So, so I think Maxime Crepeau, you know, certainly paid a hefty price, and I mean, he just put it all on the line right there. I mean, to say that Crepeau put it absolutely all on the line is a major understatement. I mean, this dude literally just threw himself. Right to the wolves, and just boom. <laughs> I mean, right now you can say whatever you want with with my with what Maxime Crepo did. I mean, you can say that he did the right thing, he did the wrong thing. You know, giving away that foul was not good. You know, putting himself in danger was not right. I mean, honestly, the fact that LAFC went on to win. I mean, whatever Maxime Crepo did. I mean, especially because LAFC's defense committed such a blunder. I think Maxime Crepo was like, I don't think he even had time to think. I mean, maybe he did. But the fact that Philadelphia's player broke out of, of the LAFC defense, and it was basically kind of one-on-one, Maxime Crepeau basically did what he felt had to be done. He, he sacrificed himself, he put him in harm's way, but I guess some people would say he did exactly what a teammate does. He did it for his teammates, okay? He did it for the greater good. He did exactly, he says, if that's what it takes for us to be the to be the champions, if I have to sacrifice myself, if I get hurt, so be it, I won the title. I want the title really bad. So, again, you, you can question the circumstances, you can agree with the circumstances of what he did, you can agree, you can disagree, but the bottom line is, Maxime Crepeau took a chance, and boom. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but you know what? Hey, he's the he, he he's part of the team, so he 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 gets uh, you know, he's he's an MLS champion now. So basically, yeah, that, that's why I kind of say Maxim Crepeau threw himself into the wolves. He sacrificed himself for the greater good, and so and and right now, and at what price? I mean, right now, basically, it's like this: 
He basically sacrificed his spot in the Canadian squad for the World Cup in Qatar. He says, well, if, if I have to sacrifice that to get the MLS title, then so be it. So, so right now, whatever Maxim Klippel was thinking, whatever circumstances, you know, whatever was going through his mind, again, it doesn't matter because he sacrificed himself for the greater good. And it turned out to be quite beneficial for LAFC as they went on to win because as the game went into penalty shootout, that certainly kind of told a story. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> so as the game basically went... So before we got to the penalty shootout, so Jack Elliott gave LAFC the lead, okay, with in the fourth minute of stoppage time. But then four minutes later, Gareth Bale... Gareth Bale says it reminds us that it is not over until the final whistle is blown. Gareth Bale equalized in the most magnificent, tremendous way ever imagined. Okay? An absolutely beautiful golazo. Okay? That goal within itself, that is something that LAFC fans won't be talking about for the next 20 years. Oh, no. This is something, no matter how many titles LAFC wins in the future, Gareth Bale's equalizing goal deep into stoppage time right before the game went into a penalty shootout. Ladies and gentlemen, I assure you that goal will be talked about forever. Okay? That, ladies and gentlemen, is no exaggeration. I'm telling you right now, that goal will be talked about forever. And God knows how many times I have watched that goal over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'm sure the voice of LAFC, Maximilian Bretos, probably... I can't imagine what was going through his mind when that goal took place. I can't imagine what was going through his mind. Hell, I can't even imagine what was going through Steve's mind. If Steve and I, had, by some freak of luck, had been at Bank of California seeing him watching that, watching that final... I mean, I just can't imagine how just overjoyed and excited I would have been. <laughs> oh, man, oh man, oh man. Oh, I, just got, I just got disturbed by Amber Alert. I apologize. Oh, but I'm telling you, that goal right there, just that pass and that header, oh. I mean, the fact that it was, it was in deep traffic too. I mean, it was... One guy right against Gareth Bale, then one defender right there, and then the goalkeeper, man. So Gareth Bale made that goal into such deep, heavy traffic, and it worked big time, and man, oh man, oh man. And there was actually nine minutes of stoppage time left, so <laughs> Gareth Bale makes the equalizer at the most crucial moment. <laughs> oh, what an absolute beauty. And of course, it has to be none other than Mr. Gareth Bale. And me being a Real Madrid enthusiast, even though, again, technically I'm not supposed to have a favorite club, but man. And the fact that the goalkeeper even put his hands on that ball, but could not, <laughs> but just could not deflect it away. Oh, put fingertip right on it and did not have enough force because that goalkeeper was just caught off guard. Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, Gareth Bale just breached that Philadelphia Union defense like that in, in heavy traffic. I mean, that just speaks for itself. And that was basically, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, and the fact that Bank of America just went absolutely berserk, it was all pandemonium, which <laughs> old school 80s pro wrestling term, it's pandemonium here. I mean, you, you talk about it being pandemonium when Gareth Bale scored, I mean, just wait till it was when LAFC won in the penalty shootout. And speaking of the penalty shootout, 3-0 on the penalty shootout. 
That is something I never would have expected. And as I was following the game, you know, me helping, you know, helping out at ringside, helping set up a show for Pele Pro Wrestling Judges, which was the name of the show, and I was talking to my buddy Chandler Hopkins, the young gun, the heart and soul of Pele Pro Wrestling, quite frankly, the heart and soul of Texas professional wrestling. You know, as I, as I was watching it, you know, following the game, you know, was, uh, I'm like, well, we got a penalty shootout coming up. And he's like, huh? I'm like, oh, yeah, the MLS Cup finally. <laughs> so um, so I put my phone in my pocket and kind of really hoping because I didn't want to keep an eye, eye out on the whole thing. Because, again, you guys know how penalty shootouts stress the hell out of me. So I'm kind of helping out set out the ring and everything, you know, hel- helping out with the chairs, the guardrails, you know, whatever Mr. Hessler is, is asking me to do. Whatever all the other wrestlers are asking me to do, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just helping out. You know, I volunteered. You know, of course, all the wrestlers are coming by, patting me on the back, patting my shoulders, saying, because you know, word got out that I volunteered to help, so they were all thankful, and and, and I was blessed. I was happy to do it because I, I I always say this: when you love the professional wrestling business, when you love the pro wrestling business so much, you do what you can to help it to the best of your ability, and that's simply what I was doing. So after about like 10, 15 minutes or so. After everything was cleared and they're about to let the, the the wrestling audience in and everything, so I look at my phone and then I look I look at the score. I'm like, holy sh! And the, well, first of all, I already knew LFC had won because you know, of course, all, all the uh, all the headlines, you know, ESPN, Gold.com, you know, oh, I was like, oh wow, LAFC won. So how'd the penalty shootout go? Then I see that it was a three nothing score in the penalties. I'm like, what? I never ever would have anticipated that. So, Philadelphia failed to convert any of their penalties. I mean, the inter- the interesting part, too, uh, part, I should say, not part two, but <laughs> the interesting part out of it is the fact that, <clears throat> the, f- the fact, I believe, that um, also, there was uh, there was actually a part where I, I think the first LAFC player that took the, uh, that took the penalty, you know, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second, uh, so I deeply apologize. I I believe that the first LAFC player that actually took the that took the penalty missed. Yep, it was Christian uh, Christian Tello who missed. And then Philadelphia's uh, Daniel uh, Gazdag, which I hope I said that correctly, missed. And then LAFC's uh, Dennis Buanga converts. And then LAFC's Jose Martinez misses. And then and then it's two nothing. Then after that, so after after LAFC's first guy Christian Tello missed. After that, the, the next three was successfully converted. And then and th- and that was it. So. Man, so I, I never expected the penalty shootout to end the way it did. I mean, I thought that maybe it was going to end something like 5-3 to three or something like that. You know, like the 2006 World Cup Final or the uh, 2016 uh, Champions League Final in the in penalty kicks. So, but man, I mean, I was just absolutely astonished. And, and I got to give Philadelphia credit. I mean, three shots on target and they were able to make them all? Huh. I mean, LAFC had eight, Philadelphia had three, and Philadelphia scored three goals. So... So honestly, the Philadelphia Union, they did not win the title, but let me tell you all this, and I will say this, but the Philadelphia Union, they have absolutely nothing, and I do mean they have nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, for one thing, they knocked, they knocked, they eliminated the defending champions, okay? They eliminated the defending champions. So, basically, at that point, when you def- eliminate the defending champions, you make it to the final, and then you know, and, and you are so resilient, and but but your 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 opponent is just as resilient as you, then, then boom. So Philadelphia again, nothing to be ashamed of. They did they did they played their very best to the best of their ability. Unfortunately, their best wasn't enough, and they came up short. But again, 
LAFC, uh, excuse me, the Philadelphia Union, nothing to be ashamed of. It's unfortunate that you can't win them all, but Philadelphia, the fact that they made it to the final, they they deserve credit for that. And LAFC, tremendous, you know, amount, you know, that resilience, you know, staying focus. I mean, that <laughs> that Gareth Bale equalizer. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. But I think the way Philadelphia kind of, I think the pressure just got so heavy on them because, you know, again, they were this close, like this close from winning the title, but Gareth Bale in heavy traffic equalized. I really believe that's truly what really killed LAFC's momentum. It really kind of shattered their concentration. It really affected them mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, it, it, it's tr- it's truly unfortunate. I mean, this basically shows just how much I detest penalty shootouts because especially, well, no, I mean, I mean again, I, I also just how how much of a thriller we got in, in, the, in the stoppage time of extra time. So I'm, I'm telling you, like, th- 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 this game, I mean, the fact that two goals scored, you know, with nine minutes of stoppage time, I mean, nine minutes of stoppage time is forever. <laughs> so, I mean, what we saw in that stoppage time of the extra time, man, th- that's like a thriller film right there. An absolute thriller film. And that is what soccer is all about. And the way this final went... This is to, to kind of help to prove that the MLS is great in strength and numbers, and it's basically the MLS has basically solidified itself that it's time to be taken seriously. And I think basically for me, some people basically now I'm, I'm really asking myself. I hope I finally learned my lesson. Am I really? Am I going to start really giving uh, the MLS a, a lot of time here on this podcast starting next season? Well, you know what? At this point, I have no freaking choice. I have no freaking choice. The MLS. Deserves respect because it has earned its respect. It has expanded. And again, the MLS will never be on the same level as the Premier League. But guess what? It does not have to be. The MLS has already solidified itself as a very, very exciting league. And quite frankly, I cannot wait to go to another FC Dallas game. I cannot wait to go to another another LAFC game. Quite frankly, I cannot wait to have a better experience with Major League Soccer moving forward. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is all I have to say. But before I let you go... I'd like to remind you that Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. And that includes Major League Soccer as well as European Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just find Into the Net FC's link in the episode description. You can get your uh, soccer merch and get all your sports merch. You can save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans, WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. If you are looking to shop with WWEShop.com through Fanatics, just find the link in the episode description. You can get your pro wrestling merch. And again, you can save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And finally, Into the Net FC is also proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now. You can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the episode description. You can set up your account in less than two minutes. You can start binge-watching soccer, and again, your favorite shows. And Into the Net FC is available to you on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So if you or if you know anybody that truly adores soccer, a reminder that Into the Net FC is the show for you. If there are any soccer enthusiasts out there that are looking for a very exciting soccer show, I guarantee you Into the Net FC is the show for you. Thank you all very, very much, and I will see you all next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.